God, thank you, thank you for today. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your love to us, God. We are, we are grateful for you. And God, I just pray that you have just heard those words of gratefulness as we have sung to you this morning. And uh, God, I just pray that as we open up your word once again, as we do every week, that you would speak through me. That the words that come out of my mouth would be your words for your people on your day. God, we are here to hear from you. And so God, I just, I just pray today that you would just meet us where we are. That you would move in this space, speak in this space. That we would leave here knowing that we have met and heard from the one true God. God, we love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are, as I said, in week 10 and our final week of the Summer in Psalms series. Uh, I've had a blast in this series. Uh, I hope you have as well. Uh, but it's just been a, been, a, been a good time to just take some time and spend some time in the Psalms. We're going to be spending some time in the New Testament a bit as we move on starting next week. Uh, but my hope and my prayer for you is that this series has been good for you. And not just that you went away having learned something or went away feeling maybe a little bit different about the Psalms, but that maybe, maybe just maybe, the Psalms would come alive. Maybe, just maybe, that we would, we would uh, begin to realize that the Psalms are not just kind of the, the, and, the, the and part of the Bible, just the added in part of the Bible, the part where uh, it's kind of, that's something that you can read when you just want an easy day of reading. Like, it's, it's not just that, right? It's not the New Testament and Psalms, like it's some sort of, some sort of addition to, right? But it is, it is so deep. There is depth of meaning in these pages. I mean, it just reminds me of, of 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed. You know, sometimes we forget that that is also true of some of these other parts, like the Psalms, and to an extent Proverbs, we think of the same thing. We just think this is kind of just an easy part of scripture. But even these scriptures are God-breathed. They are useful for teaching. They are useful for rebuking, for, for all sorts of different things. These scriptures are God-breathed. There's really such deep meaning in these psalms. And even just think back to me with what we've talked about over the last 10 weeks. We've talked about God's faithfulness. We've talked about the depth of God's love. We have talked just about the depth of, of God's knowledge for us. We've talked about his grace and his mercy. We've talked about the heart of God being that all people would praise him. We've talked about that we can trust him even when we're going through some rough times. We've talked about how we can even question him in our doubts. We've talked about all of those things. And that's just, just 10 weeks in the Psalms. There is some really good stuff in the Psalms. It's like, it reminds me of, you know, when you're working out, they say, don't skip leg day. Uh, you know, I feel like when we're reading, it's kind of like, just don't skip the Psalms. You know, like, don't, don't, don't think that you don't need it. Uh, you know, there, there's such good stuff in the Psalms. We're going to finish up today, uh, at least this series. Uh, we're not going to finish up all the Psalms today. We're not going to try and do 141 today. Um, just one, though. <laughs> we're going to finish up with Psalm 66. Uh, Psalm 66 is where we're going to be. Um, you know, just, I thought about doing a few, you know, there's someone mentioned last week, Psalm 91, someone mentioned doing the 23rd Psalm. Maybe we'll have to come back and do kind of a, uh, a fall in the Psalms. I don't know, <laughs> spring in the Psalms next year, uh, something just to, to kind of get back into it. Cause there is, you're right. There are so many good ones in here that we could talk about, but this one was already on the list and, uh, it's been, it's been a week. So we're just going to keep going with what we had planned here in Psalm 66. And, uh, you know, 
as you get to the psalm, you'll see that just like, just like last week, there's not really any context to be had in the beginning here, right? The, the, the pre-psalm, like the instructions here. It says, for the director of music, a song, a psalm. Thank you. <laughs> That's very informative of you to tell us that. It's a psalm, right? In the book of Psalms. Imagine that. It's a psalm. But it's a song for the director of music, so we know that it is meant to be sung. Uh, and here, here is what the psalmist says. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing for the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid our burdens, laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. That was my lips promise and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat animals to you. And an offering of rams, I will offer bulls and goats. Come and hear, all you who fear God, let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. This, uh, this psalm, there's actually a lot in here, <laughs> you can imagine. There is a lot in here to talk about as we read this psalm. Uh, but I think as we go through here, the NIV doesn't actually help us uh, kind of understand this psalm any better uh, because it's missing some things in here. Uh, you know, last week we talked about how important this piece of Selah was this word Selah that was in the psalm. It was just kind of a this word Selah just means let that soak in. Just stop, pause, let that soak in. There are three of those in this one psalm, uh, and I think as we as we look at this and we we kind of take note of these these instructions from the authors to say stop and let that soak in. I think we, we find some more of the depth of meaning that is in this psalm. It was actually, like I said, three of those, which actually breaks this psalm up into, into four different sections. The first one, uh, the first Selah, is after verse 4. I'll just read it. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Selah. Just let that soak in. What is the author talking about here? He's talking about singing and shouting. He's talking about just worship. 
And as he's talking about, about singing and, and shouting, I think this, this psalmist here is obviously, obviously loves music. He's writing for the director of music, right? He, he's a musical mind, but he's highlighting, I think, the importance in our worship of singing and of shouting. You know, it's funny that uh, there's studies that show that singing is actually one of those things that people outside the church find really weird about the church. <laughs> why, why do a bunch of grown adults get together and do a sing-along? Right? That's, that's kind of what some people outside the church think of the people inside the church. And uh, what is this? Is this some sort of kind of time where we just get together and sing? And the short answer is, yeah, that's what we do. The long answer is, yeah, and there's a reason that we sing. I see church is, is more than just kind of coming to, to open up the word and to, to hear a sermon and to hear from God. A lot of times we think that's the goal of church. We come to church and we leave and, and sometimes we leave and we think, how, how was church today? Wow, that just didn't really work for me today. Well, I got news for you. It wasn't supposed to work for you. Right, we come here to worship God. Amen. We come here to worship. That is, that's the most important thing that we do here. And singing is a vital part of biblical worship. I think we understand this as well. I mean, if you'll remember just about 10 months ago, uh, in the middle of a pandemic, we got the green light to open here at the church. But there was a stipulation. You could come, but you can't sing. Now, I know that you understand this, because when we did open, there were five people here. And three of them, I asked to be here. We, I think deep down, we understand that in this space, we are here for worship. That's one of the reasons we went online as soon as we did at the beginning of the pandemic. We wanted to be able to continue to worship all together. I think we understand that this, this is such an important part of who we are. And when we, when we heard that part that we couldn't sing, I just want you to remember the pushback on that. Remember it deep down in your heart how you felt when they said, okay, you can come, but you can't sing. Why is that? Because deep down we know that we are here to worship. We're here to be able to give praise to God. We're here to be able to give praise to God. All right, that's, that's, why, that's why we're here. But it's, it's more than just a fun thing that we do together. As we sing, we give praise to God. We worship Him. It's more than just words to a song or even style to a song. It's about giving God the praise and the worship that He deserves. And we do that through singing. But He doesn't stop at singing in this song. Amen. His very first words, shout for joy, all the earth. Amen. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Yeah, that word here is used in other places in the scripture as well. It kind of connotates like a war cry, like a, a cry of victory in battle. This is kind of the, the word that's here. We find this language in other psalms as well. Uh, I'll just bring them up because we're not going to do any more psalms in the, in the near future. It's Psalm 47 it says, clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. For the Lord most high is awesome, the great king over all the earth. In fact, 17 different psalms tell us. That we are to shout for joy. Amen. Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. You know, for some of us, this, this whole shouting thing sounds a little weird. <laughs> we don't really do that so much, especially in our denomination. We're not, we're not shouters. Uh, we don't really get too excited sometimes in worship. We'll raise our hand and do some different things, but we don't often shout. 
I've actually been been pretty convicted by that. Uh, My lack of shouting for God over the last few weeks. Uh, And I'll tell you why. Many of you know I'm a huge Suns fan, right? Uh, Phoenix Suns, that's my basketball team. It has been forever. I was actually at the 1995 NBA Conference Finals in Phoenix. I was at Game 7 against the Houston Rockets. That's how deep my roots go for the Phoenix Suns, okay? So the Suns, many of you know. If you don't know, now you do. Uh, They were in the championship in basketball. And uh, I found myself on my couch often alone, (laughs) because that's how I watch games, and my family sometimes can't sit with me while I watch a game, uh, which I'm I'm also convicted by, by the way, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm sitting there by myself on my couch, and I just, you know, a big play happens, they make a big shot, and I'm like, yes, I'm clapping my hands, I'm I'm standing off of my couch, I'm pumping my fist, they get a big stop, and I'm in it, like, I'm all in. And, and I was thinking about this week, and I, I was like, you know, I, in worship there are times when I'm just not feeling it. I, I just, I'm, I don't feel like singing, much less shouting. But man, God has done so much more than make a huge three-pointer in a key moment. Amen. Why don't we shout? Why don't we get more excited about what God has been doing in our lives? Man we, have, man, we have a lot to sing about. We have a lot to shout about. Amen. I've been convicted about this in the last just few weeks as I've been watching basketball, ironically. <laughs> but man, we have so much to give thanks for. Let me, just, let me just read this again. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Amen. Say loud. Just let that soak in. And then he keeps moving. The next one, the next say loud is after verse 7. He says, come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Selah. What's he, what's he doing here? Uh, he's, he's allowing this, this worship peace that we see in verses one through four to kind of push him into witnessing for lack of a better term come and see what god's doing in the first part we see like say to god how awesome are your deeds and then we get to verse five come and see Come and see what God has done. Come, come and see what God has done. His, his awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. I mean, verse 5, just come and see. Did you see that? Back to my Phoenix Suns analogy. Here we go. I didn't get to watch a few of those games in the finals uh, because of other things I was doing. I was running Elevate down to San Diego. And it was while I was doing that, on Saturday night, I think it was game three of the finals, I wasn't watching, but obviously my friends were all watching. My phone and my pocket was just blowing up. And the overwhelming thing was, did you see that dunk? Did you see that dunk? Did you see what just happened? And I was like, 
I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not. I'm. I'm in the middle of a service. Actually, I'm not. I'm not watching the game. Uh, you're. You're spoiling it, but that's okay. I'm not going to watch it. Be able to watch it anyways. I don't have a recording. So, but the overwhelming thing. Did you see that dunk? Did you see that dunk? No, I didn't. I didn't see that dunk. I'm. I'm sure it was great. But I'm in the middle of a service. So after service, I go, and I'm thinking about. They kept saying about that dunk. What dunk are they talking about? So I just Google it. Cam Johnson dunk. And that was probably one of the best in-game dunks I've ever seen in my life. And you know what I did next? I texted everybody who was texting me. Oh my gosh, that dunk was amazing. I was texting people who weren't texting me. Did you see that dunk? Did you see the Cam Johnson dunk? Did you see this? People just like next to me, next to me where I'm at. Like, check this out. Like, look at this dunk. I'm saying, come and see this. Come and see what I have seen because this is incredible. This is incredible. All right, this guy just jumped from almost the free throw line, almost cleared another guy's head and just dunked it on him and he got fouled. Like, this is incredible. Come and see this. I just, I, just, I just couldn't help but show people this video of this dunk. I couldn't help but, but pull up the picture of the guy who he dunked on, his reaction in his face. I couldn't help but just, just look at this. How incredible is this? Come and see this. Now, and now as I'm getting ready for, for the psalm this week, I keep going back to this, these moments. And, and I think this is exactly what the psalmist is doing here. Here's where where he's come from in verse 1 through 4. He's saying, shout for joy, sing for the glory. Verse 3, say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power. And then after this first Selah, he gets to verse 5 and it's like, come and see. You have to come and see this. You have to come and see what God has been doing. And he gives one very specific example in verse 6. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let's rejoice in him. Like you, you've got to see this. You've got to see what God can do. Look what he did in this one instance. Like, look at this, look at this video on my phone. He, he parted the waters so they could walk across on dry land. How could you not like, be just amazed by this? This is incredible. Right, this, is, this is what the psalmist is doing here. Like, you've got to see this. I mean, this, this should be our prayer, that we would be like the psalmist. That we would gather in this room and we would, we would worship God together. We would all see the glory of God. We would all be able to, to worship him, to know that we are worshiping the one true God. Be able to, to give him our praise. Be able to know that he is moving in our lives. And we would come in here and worship and we would go out and we would say, man, come and see. Come and see what God is doing. I think passionate worship should always lead to passionate witness. That's what's happening here in this psalm. The second, second phrase, come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Say loud. Just let that soak. Just ruminate in that for a little bit. He moves on to this third part. The, the last Selah is actually after verse 15. He says, praise our God, all peoples. This should sound familiar from last week a little bit. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like fire. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. 
We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat animals to you and an offering of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. Say loud. Here's the movements that we've been. We've seen the psalmist just want to worship and just let the worship soak. We've seen this psalmist move from worship to, to witness in this second piece. And now I think what we see is we see that even the trials, even the rough times lead to his worship. I mean, this next section talks about all the trials they faced. I mean, depending on when we're talking about here, given the example of the Red Sea or the, the parting, they didn't say the Red Sea, he just says, turn the sea into dry land. We know there's two instances of that. There's one in Exodus, there's one in Joshua. So depending on which one, he's talking to, to a specific group of people here. But the language here is not just like it was, it was a little trial. It was like, you tested us, you refined us like silver. That's That's hot. It takes some major heat to do that. You brought us into prison. And that word prison is another one that I don't really like in the NIV because it's not actually what it says. It's more like a trap, like a hunter's trap. Like you, you, you let us go into the trap is what he's basically saying. You brought us into prison. We had burdens on our backs. We went through fire and water. There are some, some heavy things that these people have gone through, but... But listen to his conclusion here. After all of that, like we, we went through trials. You, you refined us like silver. We went through fire. We went through water. We, you brought us into prison. You had stuff on our backs. People rode over our heads. And verse 12 says, But you brought us to a place of abundance. We went through all sorts of junk in our lives. But you brought us out. And not only you didn't just bring us out back to a place where we were, you brought us out to a place of abundance. You blessed that time in the wilderness. You blessed that time where we were out there and you were refining us. You blessed that time where we were out there and we were going through rough times. You, you did that. I mean, even in the midst of trial, there's, there's a trust and there's a knowledge that God is good, even in the midst of it. And God doesn't just get them through like, hey, we're glad it's over, but God gets them to a place where they have more than enough. God gets them to a place of abundance. And these last three verses talk about kind of the, the worship that comes out of this. He's talking about worship in the temple. And, and he's, he's offering some things, and he's not just making like small offerings. This is a huge offering that this person is making I will come to your temple with burnt offerings to fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat animals to you and an offering of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. Right, there are four different types of sacrifices here. And that just doesn't happen. Now, you don't just go and offer just, a, just like four different types of sacrifices. Here's, here's what, what people who are a lot smarter than me think about that, that phrase. They think either this guy is exaggerating a little bit. Or this guy is a king who actually has the wealth to be able to sacrifice like this. This isn't a normal person's sacrifice. This isn't Pastor Chris going to the temple to sacrifice what little I have. Like, this is 
I'm going to sacrifice fat animals. I'm going to sacrifice a ram and a goat. And I'm going to sacrifice all of these things. This is, this is a big sacrifice. This is giving till it hurts. <laughs> really. Uh, this is, but this is, what it, this is what this coming through these hard times causes him to do. It causes him to worship. And not just to worship, but to worship in a way that is just so, so big and grand. I, I, just giving, giving all in worship, giving everything that I have in worship. See, in worship, we, we sing and shout with our lips, but we also surrender our lives as well to the one who is worthy of the worship. This is why we always talk here at the church about how our, our spiritual growth is not just about learning more and knowing more. It's about going out and living a life that is pleasing to God, which is a sacrificial kind of life. Right, we must be willing to sacrifice I mean, this psalmist, as he recounts the trials they've gone through, he recalls the faithfulness of God in it all, and he says, you know what, you deserve everything. Here's my sacrifice. I think sometimes we need to have kind of the same revelation of sorts in our own lives. And oftentimes, sadly, it does take tragedy a lot of times to be able to, to figure this part out, that God really does deserve my everything. Every part of who I am, God deserves it. My prayer is that, that we would give him our all. That we would sacrifice even our, our daily lives for him and that we would live for him. So again, verse 8, praise God, praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings. Fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat animals to you and an offering of rams. I'll offer bulls and goats. Selah. Let that soak in. And then he finishes here. And I just, when I read this, I just think of kind of just this, this humble dependence on God and, a, and a, just a holy desire. Listen to what he says here at the end. Verse 16, come in here, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. He says, come in here, all you who fear God. He's talking to fellow believers here. Come in here, all you who fear God. I cried out to him. His praise was on my tongue. And he couples that with talking about how he's not cherished sin in his heart. He's trying to, to live this, this, this holy life. The psalmist desires that he would live a life of holiness, a life that is pleasing to God, a life where, where he's not cherishing the sin in his heart. He's chasing after whatever God wants to do in his life. He's chasing holiness. I mean, Isaiah 66, 2 comes to mind here. He says, these are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. That's what this psalmist reminds me of. And that's honestly 
My prayer for us at Fresno First, that we would be those people. That we would take on the attitude of the psalmist, that we would cry out to God, that praise would always be on our tongues, that our lives would be holy and pleasing to Him, that we'd be able to echo verse 20 here. May praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld His love from me. You know, I read this psalm and I think about us. Think about Fresno First Church. And I think, I want to be the church that is saying, shout for joy, all the earth. Sing for the glory of his name. I want to be the church that is saying to our neighbors and to the nations, come and see what God has done. Come and see what God is doing in my life. Come and see what God has done. Let's give our lives to this God. God is good. He deserves our worship. He deserves our praise. He deserves our singing. He deserves our shouting. He deserves everything about us. He deserves our, our sacrifice, even, even our largest sacrifice. He deserves it. I just want the heart of this psalmist. That's my prayer. Let's pray. God, God, we give you glory this morning. We give you praise this morning. God, I, I love the heart of the psalmist here in Psalm 66. As he just says, sing for joy, shout for joy, all the earth. Sing for the glory of your name. It's just all about worship for you guys. all about having people from the nations come and to worship you. He says, come and see what God is doing. He's, he's sharing what God is doing. God, I want the heart of this psalmist. God, I want that heart for our church as well. Would we be a church that sings for the glory of your name, shouts for joy? God, I pray that as we go forward this week, that we would be the people that you're calling us to be. That we would sacrifice whatever needs to be sacrificed in our lives to honor you. That we would live holy lives like the psalmist is, is, is wanting to live. That our hearts would not be captured by our sin, but instead by you. God, and as we do that, I pray that you would just bless us as we go. That we would make a difference wherever we may find ourselves, God. Because we are just so in tune with you. We are so in love with you. God, that's our prayer. I would give you thanks. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, would you stand with me this morning? And uh, we'll end our service like we do most weeks, just with a prayer of blessing. So as you stand, just hold your hands out and just receive a blessing from God this morning. May our God, God of grace and truth and mercy, may go ahead of you this week. May he give you a song to sing in your heart. May he give you something to shout for this week. And as you give him the glory and the praise, would you make a difference for him wherever you may find yourself? Go in grace and peace this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for coming, everybody.